we're going to challenge you, Mr. Chris. Yeah, okay. I hear you say these words a lot like, I need to, I must, I have to, I mm -hmm. better. Those are self-defeating words. And okay. They, they give you no choices. So what we do on this program is we help people change their vocabulary in order to change their life, <laughs> okay? Okay. When we ask people rather than to say, I need I ask them to say, replace that with I could. I could. I could okay. do that. And what that does, it gives you a choice. And when you have choices, you begin to empower yourself. Okay. I like that. I could. I could. Those are yeah. self-defeating words. Albert Dallas had rationally motive behavioral therapy. And what he called those, those self-defeating words, he called those masturbations. <laughs> is what he did. So when you begin, when you, yeah. so remember, we all have... We all have lifetimes of repeated patterns of behavior, yeah. and, and we set norms, okay? And I use this often, but we're going to do it again. So on the parkway in Pittsburgh, the stated speed limit, the posted speed limit is? 55. 55. Right. However, what is the norm? At least 65. At, at least 65, <laughs> okay? Yeah, I call it the speedway sometimes yeah, rather right. than the parkway. <laughs> so the idea is we set, and the hardest norms to break are the ones that we set ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have lifetimes of repeated pattern behavior, like eight lanes of superhighway, these thought patterns inside of our head, well-traveled and well-maintained. Uh, and when you're talking about attacking or addressing the type of subjects that you have, remember, these people have been on these eight-lane highways for a long, long yeah. time. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to ask them to have some new ways of thinking is like walking through a bramble patch with sticks and stones. And it's tough. It's You have to walk yeah. that path repeatedly right. until it becomes a well-worn path. And when we quit watering those other pathways, like we quit watering a flower, then it begins to to wither yeah that's a that's a, a beautiful way to look at it i think you've heard yeah. of the uh, native american th thought that said i have two wolves i have let's say a black wolf and a white wolf uh let's say the black wolf is one of negativity and hate and envy and the white wolf is one of general generosity and kindness and empathy which one grows the biggest hmm. probably the white wolf it's the one you feed yeah okay. ah it's the one you feed i like that so the idea is, and that, and, and that is also a choice, is it not? Oh, absolutely. So my yeah. challenge to you, Mr. Krish, is when you're out there is to help people understand that they have choices and to empower themselves and to hear the sound, not of others' voices, but of their own. Do you remember the first time that you heard your recorded voice played back to you? Oh, boy. I don't. I don't think I do. Hmm. Yeah. I asked Liz this very question, and she said it sounded awkward. It's not. Was that me? That's weird. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the first time, but I. I still. So I. I, I record all my sets and uh -huh. I'll play them back. And there's. Right. Yeah. There's so, certain things to say. Ah, oh, this doesn't sound. It sounds weird. Well, what we do is we help people recognize and be comfortable with the sound of their own voice. What we often help people do is take those thoughts out of their head and place them out in front of them mm -hmm. so they can look at them rather than from them. When we think from thoughts and feelings, it's a crowd mentality. And we can get on a like a magic carpet and it takes us to a not good place. Right. It's like getting on a slip and slide that's fun to be on, but at the bottom there's rocks. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, so the idea is my uh, hope for you is that you can challenge people to understand that they have choices and to be like the Buddha and question everything. Yeah. To be like Gandhi and be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. 
that's that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, the idea of choices, I I one hundred percent agree with that. I think I think people do have choices, and it depends on what choice they do. You they just take. don't know it. They just don't know it. They've so, given yeah, them away. The, that's the first step is saying, "Hey, I've got you. You do have choices." And once people realize that, I think that's like, oh my goodness, you've just opened up a whole world. It's the same thing is when when I was at that point where I was putting my comedy in a little box, I just didn't I didn't like what was presented in in those four walls. And then all of a sudden the walls were gone and I saw so many other things to do and so many and and then I found this thing and you know, because I expect when when you're coming up doing comedy, it's like that's when you're experimenting, doing what you want to do. And now we've gotten back to that, but now it's like we're going back to experimenting, but experimenting with a focus, right? And I love that term, focus. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 coming in to say I want to talk about X, Y, Z. This is my thesis. This is how I'm going to write. And but again, that's, that's for me. Paying attention on purpose. Yes. Having, yeah. Having having a focus. And when I challenge you to speak to your audience about them having choices, most people don't believe they have them. They've been giving them away. Mm -hmm. Or they believe they don't have a voice. There's so many people in this world that believe, and that's true that they're they're not being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think people have uh, been conditioned to a point to say that, well, my my voice in my opinion doesn't matter it's not you know no one no one cares what i have to say and that's just simply not true they probably haven't found out that you have a voice yet so if they how why would they care about something they don't know well the idea here is that when most people get incensed about a situation or whatever mm -hmm. they tend to rail they tend to be with like-minded people and rail and scream and yell and about each other, about the in supposed injustices. Mm -hmm. And that really does no good because you're literally preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so the idea about that is to avoid getting in screaming matches with other people. Also, maybe the, who don't agree with you. The idea is, is to find people who advocate, who advocate and also believe in the same causes that you do and advocate for them. Yeah. I, I've also gotten to this point I, I want to speak to somebody that differs from me. Wonderful. Right? And and I think uh, this is a conversation that, that I think I've had with the numerous amount of people is a lot of people have written that off, right? If you disagree with me, I don't care. I don't need to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you. Go away. Get out of here. You know, I, I disagree with that because if if we are going to be a voice for the voices, right? If if we are going to try to find solutions so we can move on from some of these things, right? We can move on from the idea of racism or nationalism or or misogyny and all and and all these problems. We can't move on unless we get those people on our side, right? Unless we get to end racism, you have to talk to a racist and say what yeah, is going absolutely. on. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. The problem needs to be identified as what are you afraid of? You're afraid of something. What are you afraid so of? So then we then we hit the core feeling of what we deal with here right. often and that is fear. 
Fear is a corroding thread that goes throughout yeah. people's lives. Yeah. And it's the it's the number one issue that causes anxiety and worry all have a foundation of fear. Mm-hmm. And our good friend George Adair said that everything that we want, all happiness and joy, is on the other side of fear. However, first of all, we have to identify what that fear is and understand that it's not the boogeyman. Okay. Yeah. And it's something that we can learn how to deal with. And so all courage is, Krish, is the ability to deal with fear. No one is fearless. If you want to see fearless people, go to the movies. You have to have a little bit. Or or else I think you well, have, if you have were, a little bit of fear. If you were a police officer or a fireman and you were fearless, how long would you last on your job? Right. An hour or two? Right. Yeah. You got you to gotta have, I think fear creates a little bit of restraint, but sometimes that restraint is necessary. I've definitely gone into rooms where I don't waver from what I do on stage, but at least knowing, okay, I'm going to say some of these things. These things might not be mm-hmm. what they want to hear, and if they get a little aggressive, I need to figure out a way out. You know, But that's the fear talking. But I don't want that fear to say that this is what's going to happen. However, it all it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and fear fear certainly can serve a purpose. Okay? Yes. You yeah. can you can turn fear and you can turn it into anger and then you can turn anger into determination. Yeah, I think um, I think the value in fear is identifying what's causing it or why you have it. Right. I think that's the important part of that. So you're talking about being in that venue and being there with your eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. And I particularly enjoyed when you were talking a bit in one of your uh, monologues about people walking through their life with their eyes wide shut. In fact, we do. We we speak on that quite often here and on our program, walking through your life with your eyes wide shut. Yeah, I think there is uh, there's a lot of problems that that people just don't want to talk about or address or just pretend like it's a problem because the because if they have to face that reality again it goes back to you you might not have a solution for it that that's fine you don't need to find a solution for it right if you want to find a solution for it that's your choice you you can go find a solution for it right but you should at least be able to address it something is a problem People generally don't address those type of issues until it comes knocking at their front door. Right. Until it yeah. involves someone, them personally, personally in their life. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I, but I think that's why the problem continues to persist is because, yeah, not everybody is going to face the same exact problems, right? But if at least we can all get on board and say, hey, treating women uh, and black people like second class citizens isn't right. And indeed, no one, no child is born with bias or discrimination. Right. No. It's a learned behavior. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) So, and there's a lot of very angry, upset, restless, irritable, and discontent people in this world. And uh, all the listeners out there know that I'm in long-term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. I'm from the 12-step world. And that I've had my share of troubles in my life psychiatric hospitals i make there's no uh, i make no apologies for that it helped me make the person that i am today however there's a there's a real line in uh, the 12-step book and it says an acceptance is the answer to all my problems today when i'm upset or disturbed it is because i find some person place thing or situation 
some event in my life unacceptable to me. And until I can accept that person, place, thing, or situation as exactly the way it is in this moment, I can find no peace or no serenity. It's not so much as what can be changed in the world as what can be changed in me and my attitudes. So when we that's my challenge to you, Krish, to challenge people out there, first of all, to change themselves, to be mm. the be the person that they would like others to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, and that's uh, and in order for me to be able to speak on that, I have to challenge myself to do the same Indeed, thing. Indeed, and that's why I'm challenging yeah. you today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I've been talking a lot about um, this notion of uh, addressing hate and how do we go about doing it. I think condemning it might not be the right way to. Do it. I I don't believe that condemning condemning them and getting rid of them out of society is is the right way to go about and condemning also it. is hate is it not yeah I, I think in a sense yeah so it's like it's like your child gets in trouble at school for hitting somebody and when they come home you paddle them to show them that hitting <laughs> right. the person is wrong <laughs> right right the irony and the hypocrisy of that whole thing is it's just you know i don't think we learn anything from it martin luther king said that hate never conquers hate no, yeah, that's yeah. So darkness never conquers darkness. It's impossible. No, it, it, you, in my opinion, I think we have to figure out what is the core of all of this. Where is this coming? What is the fear? What what is the fear that's leading to the hate? What is what is the the frustration that's leading to the hate? And identify that, and maybe educate them that they don't have to feel that way. Right, if and that is a choice. They have choices, and they they right. have control over their thoughts and feelings. Thomas Merton's one of my uh, favorite philosophers. He was a Trappist monk. More into he combined Christianity with Zen and Buddhism, mm -hmm. and he identified uh, there were three things that uh, caused most of the ills in the world, and that was greed, lust, and self love. So the idea about all those things, and if we recognize that we perhaps inherently have some of those qualities, then we can do something about mm. it. Awareness is the real key here. And most people would yeah. never want to admit that, yeah, I do. I am a little greedy. Yeah, I am a little bit of this. Right. Well, when you are that, when right. you recognize it, then you can do something about it. Well, and that's the other part of it is once you recognize that, hey, maybe you do want fame or money or whatever it is, that might not necessarily be a bad thing, right? Is is because I like cookies and eating ice cream and milkshakes and I want to eat that for breakfast, that might not be the worst thing in the world, right? Accepting that that's what I want and that's going to make me fat. Cool. I'm fine with it. I love milkshakes. I'm going to be fine with just being you know, a a little a little bit heavier because of my love for milkshakes. But you, you know, I think accepting what you are and at least being able to admit that, and it and admitting to say that I'm an empathetic person that takes on other people's problems probably a little bit too much. Is that the worst thing in the world? Probably not, as long as you're okay with it. It you know that that's the other. I think that's the other half of it. The question is: is what you're doing when you have a thought or an action or a behavior? Is it causing is it causing disruption or distress in anyone else's life? Are right. you interfering yeah. with someone's pursuit of happiness or their life or their family? And if you are, then you might want to step back and take a look at that. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is I don't think people want to believe that they are causing harm to other people. 
there's a guy that I met that does addiction counseling and behavioral therapy and things like that. And he was talking to me about these blocks that your brain will build for itself. Right? Yeah. So the thing he was telling me was you can go at these people, right? You can go at addicts and say, because you decided to steal money from your child to go buy drugs, your child did not have lunch that day. And to them, their brain can't fathom this. It can't process that they hurt someone that they cared about to go do that thing, right? So their brain builds this block and go, I don't know what you're talking about. No, but you did. No, I don't. So the more you kind of cope them, the more, the thicker this, this block becomes. So basically what he would, me and him were talking about is, well, we have to approach it a different way, right? We have to approach it in a sense that it's not trying to get them to feel bad about what they did. It's just trying to get them to be like, hey, that's a thing that happened. You go, oh, yeah. That is something that happened. Oh, well, I don't want to do that again. Great. Now, now we can move forward that we have accepted that, you know, or, or we can move forward from, yeah, I did that. And you know what? I think I'd probably do it again. Guilting guilting and shaming someone never, uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast if you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website we have clothing mugs cell phone cases and so much more show the world that you fish without bait this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com